Welcome, everybody. Here we are again. It is us. Look who's back. Guess who's back. We're not shady, but Eric and Zach are back. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Take Easy Sports Show, part of the Arizona Varsity Podcast Network. I'm tired, Eric. That was a really stupid intro. I, that was really dumb. And I, I, I truly, for, I guess. I truly, truly apologize. Um, <laughs> Uh, our show is presented by uh, all.net obviously Arizona varsity the podcast network um Eric championships for football are over I have been recovering is the right word I think to use this entire week um I also have really weird deadlines and I'm sure you do too because like the holidays are also just yep. always crazy for print and everything whether you're a daily or, we- or weekly like we are yep, for um sure. so I've been I've been saving stories for next week so I can like mentally prepare for the holiday tournaments because I know I'm going to be out there every single day. Yeah. So with that being said, we're back though. Eric, how you doing? I'm good. I'm with you on that. You know, it's, there aren't a ton of actual games that are going to be happening in terms of high school in the next yeah. you know week or so, maybe two weeks after the end of this one, but um, a lot of wrap up stuff features yes um we do at the daily sun uh, a top 10 of the best stories of the year for high school and nau um so i'm putting those together sometime in the next couple weeks so i'm i'm busy too but it's it's a different kind of thing it's not the same level of you know four or five nights a week going to a practice and a game and whatever no yeah it it's a little easier it's a little easier for sure um but yeah um we got a good show ahead we have obviously some championships to talk about for football. Um, we have a guest joining us by the name of Mr. Jason Skoda. He's going to talk a little bit about what he's been doing at Williamsfield High School, not only an assistant coach at the softball, uh, or, sorry, in the softball program, but what he's been doing in terms of helping create a newspaper there at Williamsfield, which obviously you and I can appreciate. Um, and then beyond that, we have we have two requested topics tonight. Uh, the first one we'll get into right away. The it's uh, the disclaimer. It, it's dumb. It really is. If you don't want to hear us talk about it, then come back in like fifteen minutes. <laughs> and we already lost a, a viewer. I could see it. Um, yeah. But you know, it's probably it's probably Mama Hawkins. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, we also have something from Jacob Saliga, who it's actually a really good idea. And it's actually kind of funny because knowing you and knowing me, it, we're going to have really good answers. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So stay tuned till the end of the show for that. We're going to go about 40 minutes tonight. Probably yeah, something like may, that. maybe slightly less. We'll see. Um, but Eric, the very first topic of conversation, maybe we should actually... Should we get into the games first? Let's get into the games first. So, because this will be pretty quick. Because everyone, look, Chili's already talked about the games. There's been radio shows about the games. Uh, Brett and I talked about the 4A-5A games on Saturday. Kevin McCabe does a great job with his show. Like, these have all been talked about. You guys have read the stories. You've seen the Twitter feeds. It's no secret at this point. It's not like we're breaking any news in terms of who won football. So, uh, 4A game, ALA Gilbert prevailed and won the 4A championship. To me, not a surprise. Snowflake, very, very good. Very talented football team. But Adam DeMonte, Brandon Phelps, um, Boston Morris, Titan Slade, all of them just really, really, really good. So no surprise for me there. 
Um, 5A game. Again, not really a surprise. I thought Higley was going to win. I think it's how Higley won. Higley outscored yeah. Cactus 35-0 to zero from the middle of the second quarter throughout the rest of the game. It, it went from a totally Cactus defense-dominated game, which, like we said with Coach Ortiz last week, if Cactus can keep that Higley offense at bay, Cactus was going to win the game. And for a while there, I thought Cactus was going to win the game. Cactus had a pick six. They had two touchdowns. Their offense was moving. And then Higley made adjustments. Jamar Malone got going. And that's that. Um, so Higley did win that game. I believe it was 41 to 21, if I'm not mistaken. They ended up um, being the, I think I saw a stat, they had the most accumulated offensive yards of any team. Yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, a special offense, not surprising they put up that many. It's points. crazy. Um, Cody said, do you think AIA moves Higley back up to 6A? No, not for two years, or not for another year. Yeah, um, I, I mean, eventually, the, possibly. Maybe. But... The two-year the two year block – sorry, yeah, you're right. I'm assuming he was talking about next year. Um, I think the two-year block is still a thing, like, in term, for one more year. So I think, you know, the conversation with Eastmark as well. I think Eastmark stays in 3A, um, which I know people are going to be upset about. Um, and then I think Higley stays at five A. Yeah, and then so maybe the next year, but for now. Yeah, maybe like twenty twenty. What would that be? Twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah, maybe twenty twenty four. They go back up. Um, we'll see though. Six um, A game Highland again. It looked. It didn't look good for Highland for a little bit there. Um, you know the Hawks were struggling big time, and then um, you know Kirby. I mean they they used like fifteen different running backs that game. But Kirby was the one who really, really got them going. They needed, they were down two scores in the third quarter, needed a touchdown. He broke off for 60 plus, scored. Highland defense did its thing, came right back, scored, pick six, took the lead. Um, and then from there, it was um, just Highland doing its thing. So, yeah, Highland um, is the only team that, in that has now been in a championship game every single one of the last three seasons in yes um in big schools snowflake has also done that yeah. um for 3a and then 4a but um yeah. for for 5a 6a and, and 4a the the bigger schools highland's the only one to do it yeah i mean look what, what brock farrell is building over there and the crazy thing is is the offense was in such limbo early on the season and then they, they make the change at quarterback joe walter great receiver by the way he caught a touchdown pass but kalen fisher they call him bub i mean he He's only a sophomore, and he is going to be very special for the next two years for that Highland team. And all the receivers around him are sophomores. The only thing that they really have to replace on offense is the offensive line, which obviously is no easy feat because when you've got yeah. Caleb Lomu and A.J. Dutch over, and um, his name is escaping me now, but their their other tackle on the on the left right side, yeah, right side. Um, he won. He was part of the. Um, uh, Marquise Cooper scholarship award winner. I mean, just that, that entire offensive line is just so, so good. So that's going to be yeah. a big loss for them, but yeah, Makua, that's who it is. Um, but yeah, Makua Pule. Thank you, Cody. Appreciate it. Um, I think for some reason, uh, uh, Kahua Leha's name was coming to mind. He's a senior at mountain point, but, um, anyway, the both very good by the way. Um, but yeah, no Highland, their defense is going to, you know, losing a lot on defense too, but their defense is going to be just fine. They're always, they always are. 
Yeah, I mean, every single year we see that in the last few years that they've had to deal with some some changes. Um, yeah. And who knows? I don't see them having a problem doing it again and being solid again. And before it comes up, I know Cody wanted you to ask me this as well. Um, I did switch teams this year. Now, the reason this helmet is still up. On what? For oh, uh, football. football. Yeah. The reason this helmet is still up and Transfer I'm going to move. Portal. I'm going to move the decals around. That is the helmet that I won a championship in. So that helmet is retired. That helmet's always going to stay there unless I get something else like an autographed helmet. But um, I am with the Canes and no Cody. I'm not switching to the outlaws, which means I'm not going to play with Highland linebacker coach Dominic Willis or Highland JV coach. Um, why is his name escaping me now? You're in the transfer Whatever. portal. Zach. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. You're just so, like every kid that, according to a bunch of old men, is ruining college football. Yep, exactly. So uh, I'm on a new team. I'm not going to play for the Outlaws. The Outlaws are not going to win a ring this year. The Canes are. We are going to win a ring. There, I'll say it. I don't care. Um, I do need Outwork the Known merch, though. So, D-Will, if you are watching this, hook me up. Do you have an NIL deal? I would if I went to the Outlaws. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, he told me. he told me that Outwork the Known would sponsor me. So we'd have a new pop. We'd probably have to put the outwork the known logo like in the top right hand corner of this screen right here. So yeah. wow, I know. Now I'm mad you didn't do it. I know. Sorry, uh, we could have gotten free shirts. Um, anyway, moving on to the open division game really quick. Basha, 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 Basha. Um, look, this team. This was the year that Basha had to get it done. The senior class mixed with the junior class. Now I know they have a very talented freshman team as well at that class of 2026 from what Cody has said is very, very good. Um, and I know they have some future programs as well, but um, I think this was the year that Basha really had to do it. Yeah. It was the their opportunity. Talent. It was their opportunity. Yep. And ever since that loss to Liberty, this team has been different, um, built different out the mud dog in them, whatever you want to say. They were just a very, very good football team. Cole Martin moving to safety. One of the best moves by a team all season because he was a monster in the two games I saw since he was at safety. He was a monster. Yeah. Um, but look, Saguaro, they had a chance. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what's crazy is Saguaro still had a chance. And that just, you know, tip of the hat to, you know, Devin Dampier and all the Zacchaeus Cooper and that entire offensive line, how much they improved this season. Obviously, Jason Mons, we know I would I texted Coach Mons and I said, you know, I really wish you the best at ASU because I truly think he is going to be amazing with that staff. Um, do you think they would have beaten Liberty if Liberty would have beaten Saggy in the semis? Honestly, I do. I would have taken Basha in that game. 100%. Was that Jacob? No, that was Cody. Oh, then I respect the question. Yeah. <laughs> I really think that I, I honestly think that Basha would have gotten Liberty. I really do. Um, I think Basha was just look, even though I made my picks and I said Sawara was gonna win the open, like in deep down, like I and I know this is like just made me making an excuse or me, you know, people are gonna think, oh no, you're you're full of it. I to to people privately, I said that I thought Basha was gonna win that game. I just had the entire Basha coaching staff tell me not to pick them. So I didn't. Um and honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised if Sawara won either. It's just because it was I think we just we got the two best teams in the state going at it. And that's what you want with the open division. So that's what it is. Yeah. Um, it was a fun playoff. It was. It was really fun. All the games were awesome. They really were. All right. What did Cody want us to? Um, let's see. 
Um, my grandma's calling me. Don't know why. Do you think dragons are real? Dragons. That's right. Um, they are not... because there's the Komodo dragon. You're playing chess while Cody's playing checkers. Yeah, they're like real. It. They aren't these crazy things that people think of in like the Lord of the Rings or yeah. Hobbit or whatever. Um, but there is an animal called the Dem Komodo dragon. True. Cody said, are you disappointed in state attendance? <sighs> Eric, you weren't there, so you can't, you don't really. I saw some pictures. You saw pictures. So Snowflake showed out. Yeah, Big not team. surprising at all. Not surprising at all. The team from um, the furthest away. ALA Gilbert, I guess, maybe a little disappointed, but again, they're a small school. So, like, whatever. Um, Cactus, really disappointed. Really disappointed that Cactus did not really have as many fans there. I know it started to fill up, but I really thought that given the circumstances i mean obviously it was dubbed the ortiz bowl but he had no affiliation to the game to the actual yeah. game but like mason crossland versus zuby mason crossland versus his old school obviously just in general higley and cactus like they were you know these are two teams that have kind of been on a collision course all season long yeah and i was a little disappointed that i didn't see more fans uh from cactus the 6a game very disappointed both sides it was I mean, again, it filled out a little bit. Highland showed up towards the, you know, middle of the game. But I mean, look, a one o'clock on a Saturday championship game, you should have everyone there. Yep. You really should. You think so. And was it Friday night that the Coyotes played? They did. So maybe that didn't help Cactus or AL or like any of those other teams. But I was the a little Arizona disappointed. Coyotes? Yeah. They that even, I mean, yes, that happened, but I don't know if that's the reason that people didn't show up to the game. They played, they play at Mullet. They played across yeah, the street. I know, but all the roads around there were shut down. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. You didn't read the group chat. Um, no, I did yeah, not. That's what they were talking about. But um, yes, I mean the six A game. A little disappointed. Uh, open division. At first, I was kind of disappointed in Saguaro's side, but at the same time, you got to remember that so whether people like to hear this or not, Saguaro is a 4A school. It's a small school. It's a small school. Just their football team is really good. So I guess, I mean, I can't really be mad at them for that, to be honest. So overall, Cody, I would say I know I wasn't disappointed overall in some games, maybe a little disappointed. But you know what? Yeah. It's, it's all good, though, because it was still a really cool environment no matter what um komodo dragons are real uh regular dragons like like castle and stuff dragons i don't think so they can be real um, in your mind yeah whatever cody cameron wants uh do you think there's a better alternative playing venue besides sds i think the new phoenix rising stadium maybe or but, the walk up sky dome that's nau well i know it's nau i'm just trying to think if i actually want to drive that far for a no no game. it's never gonna happen yeah, um, I think, Cody, was it you saying that you would have loved to see it at the old Phoenix Rising Stadium right across the freeway? I think it was. And you're right. I think I even the one in Chandler over like closer to where I live, that would have been a good venue, too, because it seats around 10,000 and we had 8,000 at the open division game. So I think that would have been a really cool, cool venue, actually. Yeah, for sure. Um, and especially now that it's not being used by the Rising because they have a new, new stadium being built. I mean. Maybe we could use it. Who knows? 
I don't know if it's up kept, you know, kept up very well, but there's also no locker rooms. Yeah, that they is use, tough. They use portables. So you kind of got to think about that too. Yeah. And then the size of the locker room for a football team is much different than yeah. a soccer group. Now, to be fair, legacy, we when I when we played our football games there, we dressed in like camping tents. So Yeah, you're also not playing in a state title game there. For high schools. Well, we, I was going to say we were going to play a state title game there, but yeah. Two way, three way player at Legacy. Cody, yes. The only problem is they only have one set of stands. That's not going to work. Yeah. So that, that, I'm sorry, but Legacy really just, they, they, they over promise and under deliver at that place. Yeah. If they build a way stands, then absolutely. But anyway, all right, Cody, thank you for your time. Appreciate you. Um, <laughs> All right, Eric, it's time to bring on Jason Skoda. Yep. Jason Skoda, how are you doing? Welcome. Hey, hey guys. Hey, hey, can you hear me good? All good? Yeah, yep. you're good. Absolutely. I like the stockings. Cody yep. said goodbye. Cody's tuned out for the for the rest of the show. Um, see how he is. <laughs> um, Jason, first things first, update. What, what's been going on, man? I know I saw you just recently, but Eric right. hasn't. Yeah. Love to have you here in class. That was great to have you come in and talk to the journalism class that I'm teaching at Williamsfield and uh, – uh, talk about what you're doing because, uh, you know, sometimes they're tired of hearing my voice and telling me about my career. So it was good to hear you come in and uh, talk about what it takes to be a sports writer these days. So, um, you know, I started to be a teacher. I started as a teacher four years ago. Um, had to go to college at the same time and you know, after 25 years as a sports writer. So it was a t- tough couple of years learning to be a teacher and going to college at the same time. That was kind of tough. And then after I graduated from the Rio Salado, I got a job at Williamsfield and I've been teaching there the last two years. And this year I started a journalism class and um, we're now publishing our own newspaper too. So it's been uh, pretty cool to be able to c- combine my two passions. And we'll get into the journalism aspect really soon, but you've also started coaching. So what does yeah. it mean to you? Because I know even when I was an intern, you would tell me how much you loved going to your daughter's softball games, the club softball, all that stuff. What does it mean to right. you now to be able to be a coach there at Williamsfield? And, and what level are you going to be coaching at? Because I know she's going to be varsity pretty soon, right? Yeah, that's that's up in the air yet. She's kind of that player that goes in between right now. Um, we'll Got see it. if she's varsity or gaby. Um, so it really hasn't been decided. So yeah, um, we'll figure out where that ends up. Um, but hopefully, I'm coaching at the level she's at because um, I don't want to miss her games. Um, but it's been pretty cool um, uh, to be in in her her school. We're at the same school and uh, have her come to my classroom whenever she needs me to or whatever. Uh, but the coaching aspect of it's pretty cool. Uh, to be honest with you, I assumed when little league was over, that was the last year I'd coach her. You know, that was. When she was 12, she finished with All-Stars. They won the state title. I figured that was pretty much one of the last times I'd ever coach her. At the time, I wasn't a, a teacher yet, so it, didn't, you know, it never crossed my mind. And then the teaching came across, and then I was didn't plan on teaching at Williamsfield. And then she went on her little tour, and I'm getting an interview for a sports uh, special ed job. And I went up at the same school, so it's been pretty cool. Um, and then coaching, uh, it's been great. Uh, coach Reader is so knowledgeable, and I've uh, been so helpful and teaching me the game because I'm still learning it myself. There's a little different between high school and uh, coaching a little leagues, a little bit different. For sure. <laughs> um, uh, so that was the head JV coach all of a sudden last year. And I only been a head coach in little league one time. Wow. So luckily I had the former Campo Verde varsity head coach as my assistant, uh, Rick Gutierrez. So he was a huge help. He was pretty much ran the whole team. I just rolled the ball on the end of the pitcher. So <laughs> made out a lineup and I asked his advice, but he ran pretty much ran the whole thing, but uh, nice. it's great to have the girls, you know, 
they come in my room for food or to come over for some advice. I have a couch in my room, so they come hang out on the couch or whatever the case may be. So it's great to, to be able to get that part of it. And, you know, going on, the, going on a bus, you know, I hadn't done that since uh, I actually coached a little bit of wrestling in Ohio before I moved out here. But, you know, so it's like 1992 or 2001. I hadn't been on a bus going on a road trip for a sporting event in a long time. So it was pretty cool to be able to do it last year. We went down to Tucson and a few other places. So getting back to the coaching was pretty cool. And then, uh, of course, had my daughter there. It was great. Um, she tries to call me Coach Scott a lot of times, but sometimes it, <laughs> I get that. I still get the look like, Dad, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> uh, so that's been an interesting dynamic to try to figure that out. Whereas, you know, yeah. you know, you know, I lean on her a little more harder than anybody else. I don't think so, but apparently she does. <laughs> um, so it's, it's fair. Yeah. So I want to talk about the, the journalism class and the, and the right. school newspaper. It's called the Talon, right? Right. The Talon. So, it's, um, you know, so the, what, uh, I mean, take us through, if you could, the, uh, you know, the origin story of that. I, uh, that's where I got my technically, technically got my journalism start was I was on our school, high school newspaper. Um, so that yeah. was the first thing I ever wrote. Um, but, uh, but take us through that. Well, same thing. I started out. Uh, 1988 in Brunswick, Ohio, started on the school paper back then. Um, and just, you know, it's how cool it was to, um, do that. And obviously it led to my career and I did that for 25, 30 years. Um, but then when I got back into teaching in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, is there a journalism class ever going to come up? I'm a special ed teacher. So that's where I'm, I am most of the time, if I'm, you know, all day I'm teaching special ed English to the kids who need that. Um, and then last year I got a little comfortable because my, you know, my first two years I was going to college, you know, um, so I didn't have time for anything like that. But once I got to the high school level, because the first two years I wasn't the high school level, um, I got to the high school level, stopped the college stuff, figured, okay, I got some time here. You know, I'd love to bring back print newspaper because as we all know, it's kind of going away to a certain degree. Um, small community papers are subscription, you know, papers are dying a little bit. So I thought some of these kids they have never even held a newspaper. As silly as that sounds, you know, I raised my hand first day of class. I said, Hey guys, who's, uh, who's hell? Who has gets the newspaper at home? Not a, out of my 20, 36, you know, there's 32 kids the first day. Not one had newspaper delivery at home. That's you know? crazy. Yeah. And how many actually held in their hand? Not that many. So early in the year, um, coach reader, as great as he is, he, uh, he went to a garage sale, came back with a box of papers from 1963. He found it at a garage sale. So that Monday I passed them out to all the kids in the classroom and they're, they're getting the ink on their hand. Like, what the heck is this? You know, you get the ink on your hand from the newspaper. They had no idea. Um, of course, they were more fascinated in the fact that bread was 29 cents than the actual newspaper. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of stuff was throwing them for a loop, but uh, they got a sense of it. You know, there's a couple of papers from uh, Kennedy's assassination and stuff like that. So, you know, those are from 63. So it was pretty cool. They got a feel for it. And, you know, I had to teach them to, walk before they came, they could run. So the first six weeks or so, we just, you know, how do you write a story? How do you get sources? How do you do this? How do you do that? So then we had our first edition we had, um, in October. No funding. We had zero funding. So we pretty much started from scratch and knock on people's doors, asking for donations, asking for ads. And now we have a real cool ad situation I'd like to talk about here in a little bit. Um, but we got three ads so far. Um, one from Barbershop here in Gilbert. Uh, another one from uh, a carpet cleaning place <laughs> and uh, Lou Malnaldi's actually bought a couple. Oh, wow. So that's, that's nice. A big, a big national company like that stepping in and 
bought a couple. So it's been great. Um, and then we got a few donations. We're selling subscriptions. We're doing everything we can to uh, raise the money because um, we have seven issues covered or scheduled for the year. And, you know, uh, find a good printing place where it doesn't cost a whole lot, but still is money out of our pocket. So we had to start a club, yeah. raise the money, having car, you know, we're going to have a car wash in January. Uh, we're going to have a food truck on campus in January. Um, just whatever we, do, we can do to raise money. Um, we've had three editions. The first one, um, it was tough. We had, like I said, I we went in July, so we had you know two and a half months to get ready to print a paper, um, and we got there. We had you know they had to apply for jobs, they had to apply for this, they had to do that, and trying to uh, figure out what they wanted to do. We wanted because we have everything. We have social media, we have ad sales, we have uh, graphic artists who people who design the paper. We have people who draw the the political cartoon. You know, anything and everything in a newspaper, we're, we're trying to give them that, that exposure to see what they like. If they just want to write headlines, if they want to be a copy editor, um, whatever the situation may be. Everybody wants to be on Friday Night Lights like we do. That's that's where we get our love. That's where we get our passion. That's what got us driven for that. But there's also those people who want to, you know, just write the feature story that they can, you know, find at the local store or whatever. So um, trying to give expose everybody to everything they can just to see if they enjoy this. Um, journalism is changing, obviously, since I was taken in high school when I was my first sure. my career, you know, um, so I'm trying to expose them to that, too, where, you know, there's somebody their job is to put the stories online. That's their job. So um, and then we tweet it out um, and all the stuff that everybody does with today's newspaper. So it's been interesting. Um, first newspaper edition, you know, I was kind of I kind of designed the first one just to and I hadn't never hadn't designed anything since college. Super basic. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, super big. <laughs> things that weren't supposed to be there were there, and boxes yep, were yep. all over the place. But the last two have kind of fallen in place, and the, we're getting better. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, I've only been called in the principal offices once, so that's that's good. Hey, there you go. Hey, how um, long was the first edition? How many? What time was that? How many pages was the first edition? Uh, the first two editions were eight. We bumped to twelve for the first time this time. Nice. Uh, we yeah. tried for twelve last time, and they. It came up short. We didn't have enough stories, so the the day before designing the paper, we dropped it down from eight from twelve to eight. Um, so we had to scramble a little bit there to change the, you know, look at the dates or the you know the folio at the top. We had to make sure those matched up. The inside page, you yeah. know, they had editing. We had to make sure to change everything up at the last second. So it was pretty. It was kind of the closest thing they've had to be on deadline, because you know we have that sports sure. writers. You have that pretty much every yeah. night. Um, but all of a sudden, the the day of or the day before. Was going to the printer, we decided to go from eight to twelve. So we had to make sure the pages were numbers were correct and everything on the inside page is matching what it said on the front page. So we had a little scramble there, but it turned out well. And then for this one, we have uh, um, uh, twelve pages. So it's pretty cool. It's coming out. It just I was just before I picked up you guys, I was we we're delivering the uh, papers to all the rooms. Uh, nice. Just just before I got home, so it's been pretty good. We got three, and we're gonna have uh, probably five in the, or I'm sorry, six more. Right, I think in the second half of the school year, so yep. we're getting there. It's enjoyable. Right on. Um, what I was gonna say, Eric, I think I already told this to you, but one of the girls in his class called me a boomer when I was in there, which is actually Dang. really funny. Um, <laughs> but going off of that point, how do you kind of? Because obviously, us we have an appreciation for newspapers, but right. how have you kind of given or I guess shown them that they should also have that appreciation? And while you answer that, I'm gonna grab my computer charger because my computer's gonna die. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, I, it's, I think it started with me grabbing those um, papers from 1963 and just actually sure. having it in their hand. 
to see what that was about. And then when we actually printed our own to see their byline, see their name in the paper and being proud of their own story, or if there's a mistake in it, that kind of falls back on them and the editors. So starting to get to that point where they're seeing that, um, I think that was big helpful to actually see the actual paper in, in, you know, on campus, see people reading it saying, Oh, good job. Getting a little pat on the back for your story. Um, all that kind of stuff is kind of giving that appreciation. I'm not sure if they'll ever appreciate the way we did. I mean, I'm 51. So I, maybe the last generation that, you know, you got a piece of, got the paper, you had breakfast, you read that before you left the house. Otherwise you didn't know what the heck was going on. So yeah, I'm with you. My, my parents had me reading the paper growing up all throughout childhood and everything. Um, but did you, uh, was there anything kind of rewarding or surprising about the process to you? Oh, just, you know, seeing them grow a little bit, trying to get them, they got excited, you know, seeing that paper. Um, when I went, we're going to print it down to Casa Grande. So the first, first edition, when as I brought it back up and brought it into the, to my room and then the kids started, showed up and we actually went around on campus and put them around on all the different uh, classrooms to see their, to see them actually, you know, cutting the ribbon to see the paper unfold, to smell it, to see it in their hands, just to see them understand what a newspaper was. I like that you said the smell. I love the smell of a newspaper. Oh my God. Just even today, I went to Cassie Grand. Today, I went to go pick up the papers today, just walked in the newspaper office and just that smell of a newspaper just hit hit me in the face. It's just something I still love. I'm getting that ink in their hands, like I mentioned earlier. There's, you know, just interesting. And then just people complimenting. They're just, you know, them understanding um, that this means something. Um, People are excited to see their name in the paper and all that stuff. So it's not just online. It's just not on your phone. This is actual physical evidence in your hands that, you know, that's a lot of them never had before this. So it's been pretty cool. What, uh, I know you said you wanted to mention the ad space. So, I mean, this is your chance. We'll give you the, we'll give you the floor. Go ahead and mention yeah, that. And if cool. you want, um, you know, well, actually one of somebody I used to write about, I don't know if he wants me to put his name in there. Um, so I'll just leave that out, but he's a, it's a, a local track coach reached out to me and said, he, he gave me $200, um, donation and said, but what I want to do is pay it forward. Is I'll give you two hundred dollars, but I don't want an ad. I just you can give two small companies an ad for this edition, so this this December issue. So we found two small companies um, that are uh, taking out ads that paid for by this track coach, and now those two companies are going to buy ads for January for somebody else. So they're forwarding, wow. they're paying it forward by buying ads for two other small companies. Um, so if you have a company you want to be part of this. Get a small ad in um, in the paper. They're as cheap as thirty five bucks, so it's not a ton of money by any means. Yeah. Um, but the idea is just to keep giving these small businesses exposure, and at the same time giving back to the school paper um, by you know was thirty bucks, thirty five bucks, fifty bucks. If you want to go big time, a front page is a hundred dollars. So you know, it's not even a lot to get a front page ad. So, um, but the idea is that just to keep paying it forward. Um, helping out this, the paper, get some money while also getting exposure to the small businesses. Um, so it's a, it's a great idea. He's feel so completely just love the fact that he does. It's just does my heart some good that he, you know, my relationship I built, you know, this is a source. Yeah. I talked to my kids. That's why I introduced to my kids was this started out. This guy started out as a source, you know, I've been in Arizona at, uh, since 2004. So he's been my source probably since about 2006. Um, but now we had that good enough relationship where he sees I'm transitioning and starting something new, need a little help. He reached out and just out of his kindness of their heart, he reached out and helped me. That's and awesome. now we can pay it forward and get some, you know, but that's a source that 
I had a great relationship with, you know, I didn't burn any bridges, didn't do anything like that. Um, so we, years later, he still wanted to help me out because I did some things for his, some of his kids when he was um, needing some help. And that's just turned into a pretty cool situation. Has so if you have any, any what's that? Oh yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, say just if somebody out there wants any, wants a free ad for this, uh, for January, well, actually it'll be February. We're not doing January issue, February issue. Um, any business whatsoever. Think about your, you know, it's not just kids seeing this newspaper, it's parents too. Um, so, and teachers, so it can be an adult ad and doesn't have to be tailored towards kids. Um, so that's our demographic is adults and it's mostly high school kids, obviously, but our demographic also reaches, you know, some adults as well. So if you want to add, put an ad in there. Um, you have two free ones for this, for uh, the February issue. And if you want to donate a little more money, that'll give uh, somebody in March a chance to do the same. So right. I'm hoping this that's takes awesome. off and builds up a little bit. It's a, it's a cool yeah. situation that it was introduced to me. You know, I wish I would have thought of that long ago because it's a it's a pretty cool, pretty cool right, deal. Right, right. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping it, it takes off a little bit. Appreciate you guys getting having me on talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have has anyone written any like breaking news or anything that's kind of surprised you about the school or maybe you know the sports teams or whatever? Um, the one the Dylan Lee's game story. Hmm. Uh, we were there. There were only reporters there at the time, and you know he broke, broke, broke ran for five hundred and twenty-five yards. Was it? Can't remember if something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. he broke the six A school record. Um, I had him. I was I was there just teaching. I wasn't really paying attention. Um, so I, I obviously had four runs of eighty yards or more. So I'm like, well, this is pretty damn good. You know, <laughs> he's got to be up there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So I I estimated without actually watching the game very much, like three sixty. Um, then I talked to Campbell, and he said, you know not quite sure. He wasn't sure off, you know, right after the game ended, started talking to some of the assistant coaches and that was uh, the pre previous record was like three fifty. So I'm like, okay, at least break the, broke the school record. Yeah. But I don't know exactly how much. So how do I approach this, you know, with my kids that are writing the story? I, you know, I pitched in a little bit because it was kind of breaking news, but do I say, I can't say it's official because I didn't watch the whole game and I didn't keep stats and nobody on staff did. So I just kind of said, you know, he rose for at least three sixty. you know, we'll watch the game film and see what happens. But, See those kids is like, okay, look, if records broke, we need to get this written right now. You're not gonna go home and hang out and go to bed or whatever. We need to write a story. Right. They're like, What? What? You know right, what I mean? right, right. <laughs> Different. Yeah, they, it's yeah. unexpected. <laughs> right. So that's been my biggest struggle is get them to understand that, you know, you have to work outside of school hours. Um yeah. but you know, there's been a couple that have done that just fine without any issues, but you know, there's a lot of kids who haven't bought into that yet. Um, but that night all of a sudden we had this everybody was kind of kind of look at our story because we we're the only reporter there. Um so I had to try to be as accurate as possible without, without actually watching the games. So right. Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah. struggle as a, my struggle as a reporter for all those years was like, okay, I'm going to put a number out there. I know it's not going to be right. Yeah, exactly. You know, usually when I cover a game, I'm, I'm very confident about my stats. Yeah. You have that book. Zach, you have to use the same scoring yep. book I do, I think. Um, and I would know exactly, but I was just teaching that day. I wasn't being a sports writer. I was just, Hey, watch for this. Look at this. Then I started thinking, okay, we need, this is going to be bigger than just a regular game story. So, Trying to try to keep track a little bit, and I had, like I said, I had him at like three sixty at least, knowing it was probably more than that. Um, and then it came out to be like five twenty five or whatever it was. So that was pretty cool. Trying to yeah. kind of get their blood um, flowing a little bit and realizing, okay, this is this is happening right now. We're kind of the lead story. People are kind of looking at our Twitter account right. to see how well he's doing, and we kind of took off that night a little bit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Twitter account, before we uh, before we let you go here, uh, how do we find the talent? I know obviously the print version, but online social media you mentioned all that so i mean like i said the floor is yours so definitely right. share how um, we find you so um well i just actually just bought four newspaper boxes 
So that's pretty nice. cool too. Painted oh, that's right. I like saw it. them. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's painted them up black and red and have the talent on it. So on campus, um, we're going to have one out in the front, front office, um, on the front, right, the front door. I mean, um, so anybody wants to come by and get a paper, they can, um, as far as online, um, our website right now is blackhawknation.org. Most of the stories are going up there. Um, mm-hmm. we have next year, my hope is to get a, a website of our own just for the talent. Um, yep. but I'm taking on one thing at a time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So we're, so we're using the website that's already been built. Um, it's blackhawknation.org. Uh, and then the, the, the talent Twitter account, talent, uh, Instagram account, and there's a talent Facebook account. So we're on all three of those platforms and now we put, put our stories up there as well. Right on Jason, man, always good to catch up with you. It was fun when I came in, even though I did get called a boomer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get called it every day, man. <laughs> I have no idea. I can, it's, you get used to it at some point. But uh, I mean, zoomers. I'd call them zoomers. They zoomers. Don't have that many <laughs> but I mean, look, man, I mean, I admire what you're doing. I know Eric does, too. Obviously, yeah. us two being in, in print, you know, we have an appreciation for it. And, and I mean, what you're doing is awesome. And to see that you're you're so successful at teaching and doing that and coaching as well. I mean, it's, it's awesome, man. So um, you'll definitely see me out there in the spring for sure, obviously, with softball and everything. Right. But cool. um, yeah, no, thanks for coming on and joining us. And obviously, uh, we'll have you back on too to kind of any other updates that you want to share and we'll, we'll bring you back on anytime. I appreciate that. You know, it's been an interesting four years ever since I kind of stepped away from sports writing, didn't know what the hell I was going to do. And there I am starting my own newspaper. So I like it. You never know. Just keep pushing forward and something <laughs> good will come up and hopefully that's right. Right on. Absolutely. Jason, thank you again. Thank man. you, gentlemen. I really appreciate, appreciate you guys. It. All right. Thank you. Talk to you later. So cool what he's doing, man. Yeah, it's really fun. So, so cool. I mean, and really, please, if you're watching or listening, please, please, please go and support them. Follow them on Twitter. Uh, you know, visit the website. Go pick up a paper. Go pick up a copy of it. Because, I mean, what they're, what they're doing over there, not very many schools have newspapers anymore. So um, it's near and dear to my heart, for sure, to, to see that. I know, Eric, you texted me and said you're going to take an ad out of my face um, So on the front cover. So um but in all seriousness like really though if you have the means and you have a business a small business big business what business whatever it is please help them out and throw an ad in there because it'd be really cool um all right eric before we wrap things up here are you ready for the big question from mr saliga yeah i think i saw it on twitter too oh he might have put it up there what was the celebration restaurant your family ate at when you were a child that you didn't realize was not in fact a five-star establishment until you became an adult. So I grew up before I moved to Minnesota, i moved when I was, you know, maybe nine or 10 or something like that. Yeah. Um, from Galveston, Texas, right on the beach. And yep. anytime there was any celebrating to be done, we all went to Joe's crab shack. <laughs> <laughs> And especially when it was like with all the kids, because the one we went to had a uh, it had a playground in the back. Yeah. Um, so you could get your Joe's Crab Shack food, but also go like play on the swings and yep. the, the slide and stuff. So there, there there were countless times that somebody had a, you know, at the end of the school year or whatever, Joe's Crab yeah. Shack was the place. Um, and like you could it. get the crayons from the kids menu and people would the big kids we always were worried about them, but they would like graffiti on the slide and stuff with crayons. And it was, you know, and Joe's Crab Shack's fine. It's not anything. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's not as it's not as special of a place as we remembered it as being like seven years old or whatever. Right. So I have two places. The first one for me is Rustler's Roost here in Tempe. 
only because of the slide. I, I was in love with the slide. Do you remember it? I I've never been there. Okay, they always had they have a they have like an area where you can like climb up or like walk up like a ramp and you go up and you have a slide back down to the main floor. Um, so that was always fun. Uh, now, Grant, I haven't been back there in so long, so my recollection is the slide was massive. I bet if I go, it's probably not big at all. Yeah, it's um, probably you know a normal size slide. Yeah. Um, the other one, Red Lobster. <laughs> Red Lobster is a is a really good one for that. I think a lot right. of people can answer that. So. You would think that it was a five. The way it looks, the food, everything, it is by far not a five star place though. No. But when I was a kid, whenever it was my birthday, Red Lobster every single the year. cheesy biscuits to die for. Yeah. To die for. Um. Yeah, no, it was, but it, Red Lobster for it was definitely the answer for me. So, Saliga, I hope that, I hope that's good for you. Um, Red Lobster is a really good answer for that. Joe's Crab Shack. Anytime you have a restaurant that has like crab or seafood in it, you automatically think pricey, which means obviously you know high quality. Not always the case. <laughs> um, and then when I moved to Minnesota um, with my family, there was this Chinese buffet called Sky Dragon. And it doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. I think the family yeah. just retired or whatever. It had been around forever. Okay. Um, but that was another place. And it was just these giant portions of Chinese food. You could get dumplings that were this big. And oh, my God. Like just, just giant, giant portions. Yeah. Um, and people would go and just absolutely load up their plates That's with, amazing. like, faux Chinese food. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I went with uh, Chili and JJ to this. Um... Chinese restaurant and it was like one of those where they they bring the carts around to you and they just you just basically pick and choose what you want. Some. Yes. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Um now me being like, you know, ultra uncultured, um I can't use chopsticks. So I was like the only it was me and out of the entire restaurant it was me and like a four-year-old yeah, that were using a fork. Right. But honestly, no, no shame, no shame, because I wanted to eat the food. So, and guess it was what? It's probably pretty cheap too. Dim sum usually isn't that bad. Yeah, I, I don't know. Chili paid because it was a celebration when, uh, when Iguano got his first win. Um, so yeah, that's we we decided that once he gets his first win as ASU head coach, we were going to go out to that place, and so we went, and it was good. Yeah. Um, that's going to replace our, uh, best thing you ate in the last week segment. Sounds yeah, good to you. Fair enough. Right on. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, next week we dive right into basketball, wrestling, soccer, everything. Um, so thank you all for tuning in. Thanks again, Jason Skoda for, uh, obviously joining us and talking about the talent again, please go support the talent at Williamsfield high school. Very cool thing. Uh, purchase ads, whatever you got to do. Uh, make sure to follow us all on Twitter at Zach Elvira, at Inuman Rights, at AZHSFB, at Arizona Varsity, all.net. Thank you once again to our sponsor. And until next week, let's kick it. That's when we'll see you.